This is the Frankly Daniel Show, and I'm the Daniel in the Frankly part of this enterprise. It's my weekly exercise of our First Amendment rights, and it's an honor to be here with you. So much to cover, so much to say, so let's jump right in. Today's show is entitled Liars, Liars, Pants on Fires. Yes, today I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share a couple of new police abuse stories with you, among other things. No, n- no, not, not police abusing citizens. But instead, the other way around. It actually does happen, you know. Citizens abusing officers. The left's victimization of law enforcement, it must stop before there aren't any more cops to brutalize. Now, let me share with you, I'm on Twitter. You can find me at DFB Harvard, Daniel Francis Baranowski, DFB Harvard, all one word. Feel free to follow me. I do follow back. The only reason I mention this is because I, I saw a tweet very recently, from a left-wing act- actress by the name of Rosanna Arquette about about Jesus and police. What a combination, huh? She said, and I quote, If Jesus were alive today, he'd be murdered by police officers because of the color of his skin. And we wonder why officers are leaving policing? Please, already. If the devil were alive today, he'd, he'd live in Hollywood. Well, in addition to police, I'm, I'm going to speak about Joe Biden and his administration's lies, actually mostly, mostly Dr. Fauci's lies, about wearing face masks to protect you from COVID-19. By this time, you're aware of the raging controversy as to whether you really have to wear a mask, even if you've been fully vaccinated or have already had an episode of COVID-19. Now, as it turns out, Even a note from your mother promising that you are not a super COVID-19 spreader isn't good enough for grumpy Dr. Fauci. As a former registered respiratory therapist and a retired public health teaching fellow at the Harvard University School of Public Health, I'll share with you what the research tells us about face masks and COVID-19. Just a note of trivia, the 19 behind COVID denotes the year 2019 that COVID was identified as a human infectious agent. Moving away from COVID for a moment, and I'll come back to it, I'd like to start with a focus on Biden's malarkey, otherwise known as lies about the current state of immigration. If you watch much cable news, it appears that we all have immigration fatigue. Just because we're sick of hearing about it doesn't mean that what's going on along the border is really any less critical. Biden folks know that we eventually get tired of these kinds of crises and we move on to the next Chinese story. Well, here's the question. If a crisis lasts more than three months, is it still a crisis? Or when does a crisis turn into an ongoing disaster? Well, again, this is what the Biden shadow government really wants. Long-term disasters take a long time to remedy. So Biden officials, including our shadow president, Kamala Harris, they push back on questions concerning the border by telling us these programs take a long time to solve. And they'll get back to us just as soon as Central America has entirely moved its population into the United States. 
And so this excuse, well, we're going to be hearing it for at least the next three, three and a half years. Notice that neither Joe nor V.P. Harris have been to the border. They've decided to downplay its importance. It's just another typical day at the southern border. Besides, the border gets this rush of migrants every year around now. Of course, this, this is a whopper of a lie. Just, just check the numbers. If I had my way, I would postpone the 2022 elections until 2024 and have the 2024 election in 2022. We desperately need to change presidents. I'm convinced we can't suffer another three and a half years before we put Trump back in charge. But short of that, here's a far-out solution to our border problem. Right after making Washington, D.C. and Puerto Rico states, why not just make Honduras, Guatemala, and El Salvador our 53rd, 54th, and 55th state? Of course, I'm just joking. Well, honestly, I'm not joking. I'm being cynical because cynical is where I'm at on Joe Biden's immigration and national security policies. No, Democrats aren't going to make any part of the three Northern Triangle countries American states. They're, they're simply too busy building back better as the world's newest socialist nation. And they're not focused on annexing any more territories or land masses just now. They just want alien migrants of voting age and their young future Democrat children crossing the southern border and homesteading anywhere they can find in our not-so-sovereign country. They want them hanging around and available until they can pass Biden's new U.S. Citizenship Act of 2021, granting, granting amnesty and shortcut paths to full citizenship. If increasing the Democrat Party's voting rolls means America has to suffer more slings and arrows of increased cartel smuggling, drug running, human trafficking, and criminal gang activity, then, then so be it. For Democrats, no burden is too great for the American taxpayer. Besides, we have around 653 American billionaires. Just hand them the bill. It's the solution I keep hearing from Joe and his cue card handlers all the time. Have the rich pay their fair share. Don't you love it when Joe stoops over the podium and gets really close to the mic and says, Here's the deal. We just want them to pay their fair share. And we want them to pay it now. Now. Pay it now. Don't you hate it when he does that? After all, Democrats have told us time and again that America is a deeply racist nation built on the backs of African-American slaves. And we must make amends, especially the rich. So importing three to four million low-skilled, undereducated, socioeconomically deprived, non-English speaking, cheap laborers and their families is our yearly penance for someone else's ancestors' sins of the past. Don't be surprised or alarmed if migrants continue to pour across the southern border and travel every and anywhere they want to in the continental United States. As an aside, my Polish family didn't immigrate to America until the 1920s. So I don't plan on paying any slavery reparations, and I really don't care what Nancy Pelosi or Sheila Jackson Lee has to say about that. And you, I might, I might ask, are, are you up for that scam? Well, here's the first part of an audio clip, there's going to be four of them, where gaffing, mumbling Joe Biden answers NBC's Craig Melvin's recent questions about the border. 
um, you laid out four crises that demanded urgent action. The pandemic was obviously one of them. The economic fallout as a result of the pandemic was one of them. Climate change and, uh, and, and racial uh, inequality. Immigration was, was not one of the crises that demanded urgent action in January. Does it demand urgent action now? Is, is what's happening at the southern border, is it a crisis? It is getting urgent action now. For example, a month ago, we had thousands of young kids in custody in places they shouldn't be and controlled by the Border Patrol. We have now cut that down dramatically. Here, look, here's what happened, Craig. The failure to have a real transition, the two departments that didn't give us access to virtually anything were the immigration and the defense department. So we didn't find out they had fired a whole lot of people that they were understaffed considerably. Well, there you have it. Joe didn't even list immigration in his top four issues that required his immediate attention in the first hundred days of what's turned out to be the beginning of a federally sponsored and funded government force-fed socialism experiment. This despite the fact that 12 of Joe's 97 executive orders directly impacted immigration the southern border, and our national sovereignty, as well as our national security. Ten of these 12 executive orders reversed or eliminated Trump's immigration-focused executive orders of his own. These policies of Trump's had demonstrably clapped down on illegal immigration, smuggling, human trafficking, criminal gangs, and addictive drugs crossing into America. So let me ask you, do you care if your son or daughter is a substance abuse addict? Do you care if they're in rehab for the third or fourth time and you're not sure their life is ever going to straighten out? Well, of course you do. And and so do I and so does every American. However, we're totally ignoring the supply issues around addictive, illicit drugs that are fueling substance abuse in this country. It's no longer Big Pharma that's responsible for pushing opiates, methamphetamines, crack cocaine, heroin, fentanyl, marijuana, the uppers and downers. No, it's no longer them. China's pouring drugs into this country via the Mexican cartels. The same cartels that are making billions of dollars escorting minors and migrants to our southern border. China's feeding a thirst which we just cannot break ourselves from. These drugs coming across the border are incredibly addictive, and they're rotting America from within. And in this, China delights. Every American they kill or incapacitate with addictive drugs is just one less American they have to meet on some potential future battlefield. No, I'm not a war hawk, but let's get real about this. China's hold on the Bidens has yet to be fully revealed. And while we're facilitating our own destruction, China and the criminal cartels are all the richer for it. Our problem? We're obsessed with our own socioeconomic guilt. We have so much more than any of these poor migrants crossing into America. Our guilt makes us gullible to false narratives about an original sin that you and I have really nothing to do with. The left is quick to lay guilt trips on us, that's for sure. This is the way socialism, on its surface, it's why it seems so egalitarian, so fair and just, until you actually try to implement it. Unquestionably, America is the most generous nation to ever call itself a nation among nations. 
but we're turning a guilt-burdened blind eye to the social and economic cost of this unbridled flow of illegals and criminals into America. Instead of selfless good, we're facilitating human trafficking, slavery, and child pornography, not to mention the things we're really doing to ourselves with drugs and the financial burden of all these people coming and coming in short order. We see these stories every day and pay them so little attention. We don't see the connection to the Mexican cartels and their hold on major crime syndicates in America. But we're going to be seeing much more of this. And how and how are we going to fight back? Think of that for a moment. Immigration and Customs Enforcement, commonly known as ICE, deported 2,962 illegal aliens just this past April. Now that was a 20% decrease from the 3,716 deportations in March. Empowered with one of Joe's executive orders, his Department of Homeland Security has told ICE to stand down. Now, 3,000 deportations in a month, that sounds like a lot to me. But it isn't, especially given the unvetted hundreds of thousands of people crossing into America each day. In 2019... And this will blow you away. 2019, ICE deported 267,258 illegal aliens. More than a quarter million aliens it deported. 56% of these were convicted criminal aliens. More than half of a quarter of a million were, were convicts, were criminals. On average, that's, that is approximately 22,000 deportations in a month. Now we're down to about a tenth of that, despite the hundreds of thousands of new unvetted aliens crossing the border every single month. This bottoming out of deportations isn't because we've caught all the alien criminals that are loose in the country. Many of these many of these people aren't solo actors. They're actually pieces in larger criminal organizations. No, we haven't made a dent in the escalating illegal alien criminal activity in this country. But with DHS ordering ICE to stand down, why would Biden's administration order such an obvious mistake? Why? Why indeed? Here's what I think the reason is. You know, when you're trying to send a message to Latin America that it's okay to crash the border, you don't want word getting back back home to Honduras or Guatemala that ICE caught you as soon as you got settled in America and sent you back home. This, among many reasons, is why Joe's public message to Central America, do not come to America, the border is closed, is a pathetic lie. So you ask, given we're trying to defund the police and ICE is no longer allowed to capture and deport criminal aliens, then who's watching out for American citizens? Or, or do you assume naively that everyone crossing the border is a virtuous person? And by the way, HHS, Health and Human Services, has recently flown more than 7,000 undocumented aliens, free of charge, to various cities of their choice in America. These migrants have no photo ID, so apparently none are required for them to fly anywhere in America nor have most of them been tested for COVID-19. Joe thinks it's Jim Crow to require a photo ID to vote. 
But if you're an illegal, excuse me, I mean an undocumented alien, then you don't need a photo ID. These folks are free to do what we ourselves can't. So much for citizenship under Joe Biden. I ask, what do we really know about millions of foreigners coming to dinner forever? Now, make no mistake, unquestionably, what Biden is doing for these impoverished migrants will improve their lives. There's no doubt about it. But I ask you, is the baggage that comes with stealing citizens, the youth of other countries, a moral act? Isn't this a grab, a self-centered, politically selfish act? Did you bless this activity when you voted for Joe Biden? My answer is no on both scores. I didn't vote for Biden-Harris, and I certainly never agreed to his immigration plans. So why does Biden believe he's, he has a national mandate to open the gates of America to four or five million aliens, largely phony asylum seekers at that? The radical Democrats are the ones pushing this, and they're the ones with the power in the Democrat Party. As it stands now, they also have power over 75 million of us who voted for President Trump. There's not a moderate Democrat with a spine willing to stand up and back down the Democrat radicals. And we all know who those radicals are. You have to remember, Joe is just a cardboard cutout of a president and a spineless one at that. Radical, the radical left demands it and Joe obscenely bends over and answers, yes, whatever the radical left wishes. I take it you've heard that President Trump said this fiscal year's refugee set, uh, resettlement quota at 15,000 refugees. Now, Joe, Joe Biden's first thought, and I'm being very generous in assuming that he does have first thoughts, it was to raise this limit immediately, and he was prepared to raise the cap. However, he was informed that the Office of Refugee Resettlement has already used its entire budget assisting migrants on the border which they're really not supposed to do. Furthermore, much of their staff was physically at the southern border assisting Border Patrol agents with processing immigrant paperwork. So he turned around and announced that for the remaining part of this fiscal year, fiscal year 2021, he was going to keep the refugee cap at 15,000. And Joe didn't know at the time, but he had stepped on a radical left landmine. There was such an outcry from the usual uh, socialist suspects in the party, that Joe quickly reversed himself and set this year's cap at 62,500. That's a big jump from 15,000 to 62,000, and it's not cheap doing that. The radical left still isn't satisfied, and, and Joe is already hinting at caving in and raising the total to its legal limit at 175,000 refugees. It's awfully expensive to bring refugees into the country. However, in the past, this has been money well spent. Since refugees are thoroughly vetted and unquestionably have integrated into American society and made substantial contributions, in my opinion, the, the money is better spent on refugees than on unvetted immigrants. But now Joe's in a situation for which there's no budget and there's no staff available to meet his new commitment. Joe isn't following the wishes of the American people. Joe is clearly beholding to this party's radicalized left 
and to big groups like teachers' unions. But turning back to our southern border, does anyone realize we're leaving these poor countries with an older population? We're stealing their youth so that we may feel better about ourselves. Now, isn't that wonderful? While at the same time, we're satiating the greed of our Chamber of Commerce, who has a nearly unquenchable demand for cheap labor. As a nation, we're not making sensible decisions about immigration. We're making emotional decisions about immigration. I ask you, whose heartstrings aren't jerked and jerked hard when you see a young mother who has walked 1,200 miles with a baby in arms and and a four-year boy walking close by? Or what about those pictures of toddlers being dangled over, over a 30-foot wall and dropped onto U.S. soil? And yet we get these survey results from polling organizations all the time that ask adults how they feel about Americans accepting immigrants. Well, you get this, we're all, we've all come from immigrants' story, and the results always come back positive, and, and everybody seems to be for it. And we're, we're a very open and generous nation, so that's to be expected. But when, it, when you ask individuals, are you willing to pay $1,000 more in taxes each year in support of the welfare required for these people to be in the country, well, the answers begin to turn a little less positive. When you ask individuals how they'd feel if the federal government bought several of the houses in the neighborhood or the ones next to their house and provided free housing for new immigrants, well, well now we're talking about things going on in, in my backyard, and, and all of a sudden, nobody's, nobody's sanguine about these circumstances. We saw how that neighborhood reacted to the house in Houston, Texas, where police found 90 illegal aliens packed into this one rented house. Neighbors were, they were rightly concerned about the safety of their children and why this unquestionably illegal activity was taking place just two and three doors down from them. We're not asking the right questions about burdens and who's going to pay for the consequences of Biden's unbridled thrust to stuff as many unvetted illegals into the country before anybody can stop him. And yes, I'm angry. I'm worried angry. I'm extremely worried angry. You see, like many of you, my family came here legally. We paid the price. We surrendered much of our ethnic identity in the spirit of becoming self-supporting, hard-working, contributory Americans. There wasn't a Democrat Party welfare state then. Democrats were still Americans in 1920. Besides, my Polish ancestors would have never come to America and fallen into the trap of American socialism. Let me remind you, Poland is next to the country of Russia. So when I watch these interviews of Joe Biden and listen to the lies he tells, these are a key reason why I decided to commit to America Out Loud and and host this radio show. Somebody's got to call this stuff out. This next clip is a small repeat of the first clip I played for you. Joe flat out lies about not getting any information from the Trump administration about circumstances on the border. Listen up. The two departments that didn't give us access to virtually anything were the immigration and the defense department. So we didn't find out they had fired a whole lot of people, that they were understaffed considerably. 
Think, just think how stupid that sounds. Biden must think we're idiots to swallow any of this cue card prepared baloney. Obviously, some of us are idiots to have voted in this enfeebled, socialist-enabling, lifelong-lying politician as president of the world's once most powerful nation. Yes, I, I said once most powerful because I'm not sure whether China's about to pass us on Biden's watch. But back to back to Joe's words. If I had a chance, I'd ask Joe why. Why on your first day in office? Remember, Joe, it was January 21st, 2021. Why did you start signing 12 executive orders dismantling our southern border's national security system along with shredding the immigration control policies of the Trump administration? If you didn't get even a brief telling from the Trump administration about circumstances on the border or what might happen if you shredded all of Trump's border policies, why did you go ahead and blindly act on the first day? I mean, really? Really, you had no handoff information from the Trump administration? You said they fired staff and left you with information less and staff shortages? Is that true? Well, of course it's not true. Numerous high officials in the Trump administration have explicitly and publicly stated they left you in better condition than the Obama-Biden administration left them in 2016. Joe, this is, this is just disingenuous. It's as disingenuous as your comments that the Trump administration left the COVID-19 vaccination cupboards bare. Yeah, you, you said all shelves labeled COVID-19, they were bare. They were all empty. Not a mask in the house. You had to build a supply chain from the ground up. Greatest logistical feat ever accomplished. Right, Joe? You and Kamala were mixing vaccine ingredients, filling those cute little vaccine bottles, and Jill was licking and pasting labels on each little bottle. And Joe, you then stumbled into the next lie by telling us that Border Patrol and Health and Human Services were totally unprepared to handle this to handle your your own created flood of illegal immigrants. Joe, you, you told the world of asylum seekers, commonly known before as the illegal aliens, they were all welcome during your first hundred days in office. Now here here's another clip from that same interview. Don't come. You said don't come. You're very clear. Or would you tell parents in, in in Central America and Mexico, don't send your kids? Absolutely. And, and look, here's the deal. So don't send your kids. That's the message. Do not send your kids, period. They're most, they're in jeopardy going, making that thousand mile trek. And so what we're doing now is we're going back to those countries in question where most of us coming from and saying, look, you can apply from your country. You don't have to make this trek. So, so here's the deal. <laughs> Joe, the used car salesperson. So when the guacamole hit the fan, Joe began saying to all these folks that had sold everything and began the 1,200-mile walk, all on the premise of Joe saying, don't come, don't come now. But but Joe's really saying this for our gullible peace of mind. Joe didn't, and he doesn't really mean it. We know he's fibbing because record-breaking numbers of migrants are still crossing the border. In February, we had 102,000. In March, we had 173,000. In April, we had 163,000. 
and these are just the ones that surrendered peacefully to Border Patrol agents, which, which was a wise decision. This way, they, they receive a host of welfare benefits in their little Welcome to America package, all courtesy of the Biden administration. These benefits include uh, free travel tickets, uh, bus or plane, to anywhere in America. These numbers really don't even include 108,000 or so illegal crossings by aliens the Border Patrol wasn't able to apprehend because they were swamped processing paperwork. In three months, Biden's please don't come now, come later when we're set up to handle the crowds. He's allowed in 546,000 formerly illegal aliens to enter the country claiming they're all asylum seekers. And we know the historical truth of this. Fewer than 10% of the migrants given official notices to appear for their asylum hearings, well, they actually don't appear for their asylum hearings. Fewer than 10% of this 10% are actually awarded asylum. So where are those who failed to appear or those who weren't granted asylum? Well, who knows? ICE has been told to stand down. The rush to the border became so heated in late March that the Border Patrol had to release migrants without giving them the mandatory court set date for their future asylum hearing. We're assuming they're going to check back later for a court date and time. I'd say there's a fat chance of that happening. Well, this is a terrific time to take a break, so you all please hurry back. I'll be here. We still have face masks and those police stories to get to. Well, my fellow Americans, how did you feel watching footage on the news of domestic terrorists looting our stores and burning our cities down? Uh, you were probably disgusted and angry as much as I was. It's disturbing what's going on. Well, you'd be shocked to know that your shopping habits are supporting these extremists. Companies like Amazon, Nike, Disney, FedEx, it's an endless list. And they've been supporting these radical groups. Let's stop supporting companies that fund these extremist groups. We can all do our part. Visit shoptotheright.com and you'll find businesses in a nationwide database and companies that are aligned with our American values. Visit shoptotheright.com and let's all make a difference. Is a record player the best way to listen to music? Of course not. So why are you still taking vitamins that haven't been upgraded since the 1930s? Even if your vitamins aren't hard to swallow, it's time to upgrade to Healthy Cells pill-free, patent-pending microgel supplements that work at the cellular level to boost immune health, sleep better, focus deeper, and stay younger longer. They taste great, convenient on the go, and they're more natural too, without chemical binders, fillers, and coatings. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off your first order of any product. That's HealthyCell.com, H-E-A-L-T-H-Y-C-E-L-L, and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off. AmericaOutloud.com. Simply put, we're patriots who believe in Ronald Reagan's vision of a shining city on a hill. From sea to shining sea, you can listen in on iHeartRadio, 
our free apps are on Apple, Android, or Alexa, or our world-class media player. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all. Hello, hello. Greetings and hallucinations, and welcome back to the Frankly Daniels Show. Picking up where we left off, again, according to Joe, the Trump administration broke the system, leaving poor Joe and his DHS secretary, Mayorkas, nothing but some empty, dusty rooms, too few beds, and several brooms and dustpans. For the record, when Trump came into office, the Obama-Biden administration left him 8,000 beds available to accommodate unaccompanied alien children. In turn, when Trump left office, Border Patrol and HHS had a total of 13,000 beds available, housed in several new facilities like the new 1,000-bed facility in Donna, Texas. There's so much to say about the lies Joe shovels. He shovels them out every day. He shovels them out about immigration and national security and a host of other things. These lies are so easy to disprove, but nevertheless, Joe just keeps lying, and the media just continues to replicate these untruths. If only their pants would light on fire every time they purposely told us a whopper. If only. Unfortunately, these professional political fabricators have consistently received an assist from the established media by not calling out Biden and his administration when they, when they tell us tall tales and, and outright lies about their policies and about the results of these questionable practices. The establishment media is, is a code phrase, really, for the far-left-leaning media such as CNN, MSNBC, the New York Times, the Washington Post, and the L.A. Times. The Pew Research Center just reported that President Joe Biden has received the least I said the least negative news coverage from the establishment media of any president in the last 30 years. According to the Pew Research Center, Biden received in his first 60 days only 19% negative news coverage, ranking him the most favored media darling of all the presidents in the last three decades. Biden's negative news ranking is well below former president's Bill Clinton, who had 28% negative coverage, George W. Bush, 28% negative coverage, Barack Obama's 20%, and you'd expect this, Donald Trump's 62% negative coverage. The study also revealed Biden's least covered topic was his political skills, while his most covered topic was the economy. However, Trump's most covered topic was his political skills, and his least covered topic was his economy. Boy, what a turnaround. It really tells you where liberal media is at. Well, here's more spin from Joe, captured during his interview with NBC's Craig Melvin. But in April alone, Mr. President, 170,000 people, migrants, apprehended at the border. It's a 20-year record. There are 22,000 unaccompanied children in our country right now. That's a, that, that's a record. That sounds to most folks like a crisis. Well, look, it's way down now. We've now gotten control. For example, we have 
they didn't plan for, which it comes every year, this flow, whether it's 22,000 or 10,000. They didn't have the beds that were available. They didn't plan for the overflow. They didn't plan for the Department of Health and Human Services to have places to take the kid from from the uh, Border Patrol and put them in beds with their security and there were people that could take care of them. So there's a significant change right now, significant change in the circumstance for children coming to and at the border. Let's talk about those unaccompanied alien children that Joe claims Border Patrol and HHS now has under control. What baloney that is. There's still 22,000 plus unaccompanied alien children in HHS's custody. They just moved them out of those initial facilities along the border to other HHS facilities. Those initial rooms where Republican senators took those secreted photos of children packed like sardines in in Border Patrol plastic-walled holding rooms are just in different uh, plastic-walled holding rooms that HHS controls. They still haven't identified the parents of these 22,000-plus children. It's just one big shell game. Here's the final clip of Joe Biden's interview that I'd like to play for you. According to our reporting, in, in your first 100 days, not one child's been reunited. I don't how, think that. How is that? I, I don't think that's true. But that could be. What we have done is we have, we have united children with their families as they've come across the border. But one of the things is we don't know yet where those kids are. We're trying like hell to figure out what happened. It's almost like being a sleuth. And we're still continuing to try like hell to find out where they are. I don't know. Did you make any sense of that whatsoever? Listen, I want to ask you, which parent pays a criminal $8,000 to escort their child 1,200 miles so that someday they themselves can have an anchor in America when it comes time to claim their piece of the American dream? So the truth of this matter is, Joe really has nothing under control. As for the 22,000 unaccompanied alien children, now you see them, now you don't, because they've been moved behind curtain two. As for the children Trump separated from illegal alien parents and those who entered as unaccompanied alien minors, Biden hasn't had a lick of luck until this week in, in reuniting any of them with parents or family. So far, he's reunited four of them. For reasons unknown, these parents don't currently want to be identified and reunited with their children. Now, there's lots of theories and speculation, but no one really knows. Now Biden has his own 22,000, and there's hundreds more each day. Let's switch and talk finances. The care of unaccompanied alien children isn't any freer than anything else Democrats are trying to sell the country, like free daycare, free college, and the like. On average, and this is a conservative estimate, each unaccompanied alien child is costing taxpayers minimally $30,000 for their initial 35 days of care. These children have to be placed with a relative in a foster home. And I emphasize, this is just the cost for their initial care and placement, not their ongoing care, which we're also going to be paying for. The Border Patrol projects they're going to apprehend just short of 190,000 unaccompanied alien children this year. The initial cost to us at $30,000 apiece just the initial cost is $5.6 billion. And this may be the only Biden program that we know of that doesn't have a T for trillions in front of it. 
These costs don't include future costs to local school districts, local health care facilities, or for anything else having to do with other kinds of supporting requirements. Don't you believe you, we, we have the right to know who's being allowed into the country and how much it's costing us to be so generous? But all these costs are purposely buried and, and hidden from our oversight. It's, uh, it's not our business, right? I don't think so. Remember, these are not orphans. Let me say that again. These children are not orphans. We still have 11 million American children living below the poverty line in this country. Why in heaven's name are we importing children? Well, my time is running short, and I do want to get these two police stories in, so I'm going to disconnect from immigration right now, clear my mind, and let's get to those police stories. As I move into this next topic, allow me to thank you for the tremendous listening support you gave me for last week's program on policing in America. The program was entitled, The Vanishing Thin Blue Line, and in it I covered why police are leaving their jobs as police officers, but importantly why they're leaving their careers in law enforcement altogether. This alarming exodus is an ever-increasing threat to, to peace on our streets and, and in our neighborhoods. This unnerving Escalating attrition is especially worrisome in Democrat-run cities, townships, counties, and blue states where most of it's occurring. The, the woke race-baiting left could, continues to tar this honorable profession of citizen protectors as hopelessly infected with systemic racism. We're hemorrhaging the loss of experienced police officers, while at the same time, crime, especially urban crime, is setting new and ugly records and it shows no sign of slowing down. If you missed the vanishing thin blue line, it's available on podcast, and it's simple to get to. Just go to the America Out Loud website, click under the Frankly Daniel Show, and you'll see a list of my past shows, including the vanishing thin blue line. I think you're going to find it quite an eye-opener. Well, following along with last week's theme of why police officers have had it, I bring you two recent unbelievable police citizen incidents to ponder. The first comes from the township of Hopewell's Police Department in Mercer County, New Jersey. Hopewell's Police Department has about 35 officers, serving approximately 19,000 township residents. Hopewell could hardly be characterized as a teeming crime center. In 2019, Hopewell officers arrested a total of 238 people. And and in this, they made 77 arrests for fraud, 61 arrests for domestic violence, 59 for theft, 57 for harassment, and 47 for simple assaults. And they also assisted with nearly 900 ambulance calls and 172 fire calls. Now, Hopewell's 47 miles sort of southwest from New York City and only a few miles west from Princeton, New Jersey. In a shocking decision on May 3rd of 2021, the Hopewell Township Executive Committee terminated one police officer, demoted and suspended another police officer, placed three other officers on suspension, and also a truck driver was put on leave, all for appearing to support the fired officer's Facebook post. Yes, five officers and another employee in a very small department of 35 had their professional lives turned upside down and inside out as the result of one 
solo officers posting on Facebook. Now, aren't you curious as to what that officer posted? In such a small town as Hopewell, this is as close to an earthquake as it gets. The offending officer is Ms. Sarah Irwin, a 20-year veteran of the Hopewell Township Police Force. She posted the following note on Facebook on the evening of June 8, 2020. Mind you, this was nearly a year ago, and I quote, Last night, as I left for work, I had my two kids crying for me not to go to work. I don't think I've ever felt that way the way I did last night. And then I watch people I know and others I care about going into harm's way. I love my police family like my own. So when you share posts and things on Facebook, I'd really appreciate it if you'd think before you do so. I've seen so many Black Lives hashtags in these posts just to let you know they're terrorists. They hate me. They hate my uniform. They don't care if I die. End quote. Yes, this is the sum total of Officers Irwin's Facebook posting for which she was terminated, she was fired, she was booted out, sacked, eliminated, and exiled from her blue family. Mind you, this is a 20-year veteran of this township's small police force who by all reports had a spotless 20-year record of exemplary service to Hopewell's citizenry. Now, the, the second victim in this unimaginable nightmare is Sergeant Mandy Gray, a 12-year veteran of the department. Sergeant Gray was demoted and suspended for six months for liking Miss Irwin's Facebook post and adding a heart emoji to her reply. No, I'm, I'm not kidding. Because Sergeant Gray checked the like box and put a heart emoji in response to Officer Irwin's Facebook post, Ms. Gray, the department's first ever female sergeant, was demoted and suspended without pay for six months. Now, do you consider BLM a, a terrorist organization? Uh, don't, don't answer that. Some, some, someone, Big Brother perhaps, is watching. They, they certainly, I know, aren't a patriotic organization. Oh, well, forget I said that, too. Uh, well, this, uh, this story doesn't end here. As if these two women's price for this terrible deed wasn't enough, four other people were also temporarily dismissed for having liked Officer Irwin's Facebook post. Now, supposedly, these four have been reinstated. But can you imagine anybody on the left facing this level of criticism, much less this cataclysmic discipline for checking liked on a Facebook post damning President Trump. Uh, of course, these two women have sued the township for breach of their First Amendment rights and for the outrageous discipline applied to, to these cases. Uh, for Miss Irwin, her termination really is the equivalent of, in, of an employment death sentence. We're in a small town or surrounding townships do you think she's going to get an, an employment break? Good luck. This woke culture, this cancel culture, this is absolutely poisonous, and it's destroying all the all proportion of common sense and, and, and goodwill. And I wish these patriotic officers the absolute best in reclaiming their careers as police officers. Now, the second incident I have to share with you is absolutely tops of the list of the most outrageous, most ridiculous, most offensive, most disgusting 
police citizenship in, encounter I've, I've, I think I've ever heard of. Now, I have an audio clip for you that will vividly illustrate it. A simple traffic violation by a woman and her abhorrent interactions with the sheriff's deputy who pulled her over. I'm going to play for you the audio clip of this encounter, but if, if you'd like to see the video that goes along with it, well, simply type in the following words into your favorite browser. So here we go. Driver calls officer a murderer mocks Hispanic ethnicity. Did you get that? You, you, you type in driver calls officer a murderer mocks Hispanic ethnicity. Now, assuming that you'll take a look at the video later, I think you're going to find the audio version of this incident exceedingly powerful. Let me set it up for you. A Los Angeles County deputy sheriff signaled for a woman driver to pull over to the curb. The deputy involved in this encounter has been on the sheriff's force for 14 years. Like many cities, Los Angeles County has an ordinance making it a misdemeanor to, to drive while holding a cell phone to your ear at the same time. According to the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, this makes you a dangerously distracted driver. More than 21,000 people were injured in 2019, either as drivers or passengers due to cell phone driver distractions, and approximately 400 people were killed in the same year for the same reasons. Now, the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department is still in the process of equipping its officers with body cam equipment. You know, we're still in the age of defunding the police. Due to the current policing environment, many sheriff's deputies have gone out and purchased their own body cam equipment, and they never leave for work without it and without it ready to record. You know that Los Angeles is in the throes of a major defund the police effort by the Democrats, particularly the radical Democrats, and yeah, you guessed it, uh, Black Lives Matter. So officers are put in situations where they must buy their own body cam equipment as self-protection from scurrilous false narratives about their on-the-job conduct. The clip begins as the sheriff approaches the driver's side of the car. I pulled you over because, because you're a murderer. Because uh, yes, I started to record because you can't you're a murderer. Be a, you can't be on your cell phone I, I wasn't while you're on driving. My phone. I was recording you because you scared you can't, me. You can't use your cell I phone while you're recording. You. May I have your driver's license? I, it's, it's at my apartment. Thank you. And I'm perfectly legal and I'm a teacher. So oh. there. Congratulations. Murderer. You're a murderer. Only you for using your cell phone while you're driving. That's it. For him being a Mexican racist, what is that name? Gas. It's on the citation, man. Here you go, Mexican racist. You're always going to be a Mexican. You'll never be white. You know that, right? Um, my first reaction was total disbelief. I thought for sure this had to be a Saturday Night Live sketch of some sort. Second, who would who would ever address a police officer, a deputy sheriff? who pulled you over for a possible traffic violation. How would you, would you... And this is a very disgusting matter to respond. The only thing more astounding than this woman's behavior was the deputy's calm composure throughout the entire exchange. I, I, I know we have a First Amendment right to speech, but this was outright hateful language. It was vile. And here's a few other facts that make this story even more loathsome. This African-American woman had a young son in the car with her. And she claims to be a teacher. 
So what lessons do you think this young African-American boy took from that exchange? Isn't this the kind of in-your-face taunting disrespect that escalates into resisting arrest and increasing levels of force that lead to confused, often disingenuous stories later and exceedingly deadly outcomes? It would appear that this female driver, she was aware of the county's ordinance against driving and talking at the same time on on a handheld cell phone, but she just rudely blew off this law and it didn't pertain to her. Now, she openly protests that she wasn't talking on the phone, but instead she was taping the deputy as a means of her own self-protection. Like, what did she think the deputy was going to do? This is during daylight hours, by the way. You just have to ask, well, what the heck is going on in America? Now, you know what's going on in America, and you know why it's going on in America, and you know who's pushing this effort to divide and conquer America's thin blue line with ugly false narratives about racist cops. Yet Joe Biden doesn't pass up a chance to tell the world that cops are systemic racists with their boots on the neck of African Americans. Yes, Joe wants the George Floyd Policing Act of 2021 passed by May 25, 2021, the anniversary date of George Floyd's murder by an officer. This bill, the George Floyd Policing Act of 2021, If it becomes law in its current iteration, it will strip qualified immunity from all law enforcement officers. Without this limited immunity, vile people like this woman can sue officers personally. In other words, an officer will have to hire his or her own attorney to contest these often frivolous lawsuits. That is, unless their municipality or union provides some form of indemnity and legal support. Let me ask you, who who maintains this deputy's mental health and physical resilience on the job? I mean, how does this deputy maintain his daily composure and mental health? The behavior of this woman isn't just uncivil, it's hatefully vile. Is is an officer expected to put up with this kind of verbal abuse? Well, perhaps this is an unusual case. Or perhaps not. I know how I'd feel, and and I'll speak. I'll spare you the description. Did you hear her tell the deputy that she didn't have her driver's license with her? She said it was back in the apartment. You know, it's against the law to drive without your driver's license in your possession. This deputy did did this woman a favor and decided not to escalate the scene by, by pressing that issue. This deputy was indeed impressive. Have a nice day, ma'am. Yes, indeed. Have a nice day. And blacks hating on Hispanic? What's that about? As a final note, and as it turns out, this woman, of course, filed a complaint with the sheriff's department against this deputy later that same day. We've got to stop this abuse by these woke idiots. Have have a nice day, ma'am. Well, our our short time together is, is too short, and we're coming to the end of this show on Joe Biden and his administration's border security liars. All their pants ought to be on fire. Biden's immigration and national security policies along our southern border are jam-packed with disinformation and flat-out lies purposely meant to mislead us. I apologize for not getting to my COVID-19 face mask analysis. Trust me, this topic will still be a hotly contested story next week. I think Joe is committed to wearing his mask 
even while they cart him off to the nursing home. Hopefully that will be soon. I promise to begin next week's show with, with this particular subject. As for the border, boy, am I glad to get that off my chest for now. This won't be the last time we visit the border on the Frankly Daniel Show. I can't possibly thank you enough. You were marvelous and, and so patient with me again today. Let's do talk therapy again next week. Same place, same time. Until then, cheers and blessings. Mm-hmm.